1: Hello and welcome to the Scottish Suns latest football podcast Where we look ahead to a weekend that will feature the League Cup Final And action in the Premiership and Championship With me Roger Hanna today is Derek McGregor our football editor Derek you'll be at Hamden on Sunday The first major trophy of the season decided Hibs against Ross County Who's going to win?
0: Looking forward to it Roger Right now I'll stick my neck on the line and say Hibs Neither side is going into this final in particularly great form. I think for both to be in the final is great credit to them. I think clearly if Ross County were to win it, it would be a fairy tale. It would be quite remarkable. I think if Hibbs were to win it, you know, I don't know if it would be a fairy tale, but it would still be a massive achievement for Alan Stubbs. I just get a feeling that Hibbs will come good in this game. And I think clearly with an overwhelmingly... Bigger support that will help them enormously. Then again, I'm sure Hibs fans need no reminders of the final against Livingston, you know, a decade or so ago when they had something like 30,000 at Hamden and flopped miserably. I'm going with Hibs for this one.
1: They've had issues with form and fitness since the semi final, Derek. They've lost both Paul Handler and Dylan McGear for this game. Which players, if Hibs are to
0: win it, as you say, which players are going to be crucial for Alan Stubbs? McGinn, Cummings. I think, to be honest, I think the goalkeeper's going to be crucial, Oxley. I have to say I'm not his biggest fan. I just find him an unconvincing keeper at the best of times. I think Ross County have clearly already demonstrated they can deliver big time at Hamden. It may well be that Hibs will require Oxley to be in good form I just think with every game You're never sure what Oxley's going to produce I think McGinn has a track record Of producing at Hamden. I think we can recall his dynamism and, and performances for St Mirren When they won the League Cup I think Cummings is a big stage player And clearly there's going to be A lot of attention in him from other clubs I think Cummings is the type of player That will relish it But in fairness to Ross County uh, you know, I think they're, they're they're outstanding win over Celtic demonstrated too that they also have players who like that kind of stage. Schalke has proved a good signing for County. Big threat for the Hibs defence.
1: You touched on Mark Oxley there. At the other end of the pitch, how much will Ross County miss Scott Fox and how big a day is it for his deputy, Gary Woods?
0: Massive day. I feel so sorry for Scott Fox, as you would any player who's ruled out so close to the final. I think Scott Fox has been a tremendous signing for County. He arrived last summer with a a, a bold statement that he'd gone to County to to win things, to be challenging for honours. That raised a few eyebrows with the greatest of respect to Ross County. But here they are in a final. He's been proved right. They can challenge for Woods. Big gloves to fill. And clearly how he adapts to Hamden will be pivotal for County.
1: Anyway, Dale, I'm going to oppose you. I'm going to 2-1 Ross County win. Boyce and Gardine to score the goals. Keep bang up to date with Scottish football by following Sunsport on Twitter. (laughs) Now, it's not just League Cup final this weekend. A big Premiership card made bigger by Aberdeen's 2-1 win at Fur Hill on Tuesday night. And that puts the pressure on Celtic to do something similar when they go to Fur Hill on Saturday lunchtime.
0: Big time. I think you can only congratulate Aberdeen for turning the screw on Celtic, maintaining the pressure. They've dug out a win, brilliant win last night for them, considering they were a goal down. Big questions immediately getting asked of them. They dug out a win last week at Tanadice. I think they're showing their metal. Now it's there's a big onus for me on Celtic. I think clearly a win's a win, and Celtic will take a fluky winner on Saturday right now. I actually think there's an onus in Celtic to, to make a statement. I think if Celtic were to go to Fir Hill, 3 0 1-4-0, you know, just go out there, then I think that really sends the message back to Aberdeen, we're champions and we're going to stay champions. Whereas I think if Celtic, even though I accept three points or three points, I think if Celtic were to be unconvincing to somehow eke out a narrow win, I still think that leaves the impression of a vulnerability about Celtic. Is it
1: possible for Celtic to look impressive and to play well on that Fir surface at the minute, do I?
0: Well, ball accounts, you know, for, for a lot of the game last night, Aberdeen were far from impressive. But I happen to think in the course of a league season when you get games like last night, it is about winning. And I accept, you know, Celtic essentially have to win on Saturday. I accept that. But I do still think there's an onus in Celtic to somehow up their game compared to their previous two league games. But other qualities are going to be required in that pitch. The, the
1: big talking point of the week is obviously been the old firm Scottish Cup semi-final draw. How does that affect Celtic in the league between now and that weekend in April that are going to play Rangers? Does it allow them to take an eye off the league or does it go the other way? Does it stiffen the resolve of the players to make sure they're in good
0: form and individual players are in the team? I think Celtic, you know, if it was a scenario where, you know, even allowing for Aberdeen's win last night, if Celtic were still eight or nine points ahead, there may be a, a danger of them taking their eye off the league. I think Aberdeen are ensuring that they cannot do that and won't do that. I think Ronnie Dyler has to be hoping that if there's a, a, a spin-off from this Scottish Cup semi-final draw, is that between now and then there is there is a new edge to his players. Now you know? normally
1: you know, people talk about Rangers not having very many players in the squad, they only have three senior players in the bench. Ronnie Dyler is at the other end of that spectrum. He's got the last count, two hundred and eleven midfielders to go through. <laughs> does that cause him a problem with such big games coming up? Yep. Does he continue to rotate, or does he try and somehow whittle it down to a first choice eleven that plays every week and running?
0: I think he has to, Roger. I I actually agree with Chris Boyd uh, when he said that the fact that Celtic don't have a settled team, I think, is a problem. I think Dyla is now caught in a scenario where he's got far too many players and it appears to me that he's trying to keep everyone happy and I think that that is a big problem. In fairness, he's made the Morton game on Sunday, the, the, the Scottish Cup last date. He's made another four changes. Celtic have played well they've delivered a result but I just think this chopping and changing constantly does no favours whatsoever whereas Rangers with a tighter squad I think if you look at their performances they've got better understandings all over the pitch so I think that's crucial getting into this running now
1: Going back to Aberdeen it says a lot about their character and, and that word Derek McKinnis keeps using their bottle that they recovered from the blow of losing a goal midway through the second half and still came back and won it for Hill and did so without the likes of Rooney who we know is out for four or six weeks And without McGinn
0: Absolutely I mean about a month ago I wondered about Aberdeen Yes they've had their injury problems this season But I wondered how they would cope If they lost Rooney If they lost Hayes If they lost McGinn I think Celtic For all clearly They have a far greater squad I think Celtic have lost a lot of key players Throughout the season And I thought that was one element Where Aberdeen had By and large been fortunate But then all of a sudden They lose Rooney They lose Hayes They lose McGinn Pollitt as well they're very stretched, and yet the last two games, massive wins for them. Clearly, they're still the, the, the squad still has a fragile look about them, but I think they've got a the bit between their teeth now, Aberdeen, and they've put that pressure on Celtic getting into Fairhill. That's as much as they can do, Roger.
1: And, and it's interesting, Derek McInnes, late, relatively late in the season, getting something—a young Craig's story, getting something. You know, Cammy Smith's been getting thrown on, Peter Paula's getting thrown on, and your old pal. Barry Robson, 52 in his last birthday, I think we could say. But he's come in a couple of times, including last night, and, and he's had a bit of an influence.
0: I've got a lot of time for Barry Robson. You know, I think when he was at Celtic, I think that the 2007 08 season, I thought he was outstanding, particularly in the second half of the season. Both him and Paul Hartley became the, the so called dogs of war. Celtic went on a consecutive winning run, and I think a lot of that was down to Robson's attitude. You know, I, I think he's the type of player that I think fans love to see at their club. You know, it's the it's the it's the fist pumping, it's the it's the attitude. He's he's a winger. You know, he cannot stand losing. He's on His teammates. you about yourself in the office then. Absolutely, Roger. Absolutely, and that's if I don't get a biscuit with my tea. But I know for a fact that in a dressing room. Barry is the type that if he believes a teammate is not pulling his weight, he's on to him big time. He doesn't care who it is. And I think, even at, as you say, 52, Roger, I think he's still a huge influence behind the scenes.
1: Aberdeen on Saturday, Kilmarnock at home. By the time they kick off at 3 o'clock, they'll know how Celtic have done it for Hill. If you were hand-picking a fixture at the minute in the Premiership, it would
0: surely be Kilmarnock at home. Naturally enough, I've looked at the respective fixtures of the, the, you know, the fixtures of Celtic and Aberdeen, the immediate fixtures coming up. And there's a, an assumption that Aberdeen have got the easier fixtures. I think these are actually in a way harder games for Aberdeen because historically these are the games they've actually slipped up in. Mm-hmm. They beat Celtic the last time. These are the games Aberdeen, I think, have to particularly concentrate on. They get through these. I think the, the so-called bigger games take care of themselves.
1: You can watch the goals from all the big SPFL games on the website at theScottishSun.co.uk/sport. <laughs> we talk about Kelly. Down near the bottom Struggling for form Struggling for points They've got a tough one As we say at Petaudry Away across Hamilton are going to Inverness Hamilton we know Are down there And among the relegation playoff scenario And Inverness getting sucked
0: down there too Derek uh, Well listen I think You know it, it, it could happen Of course it could happen y- You know your instinct is That they've still got too much about them To prevent that happening But nevertheless Results can suddenly change I mean, certainly the, the mood change at Dundee United is quite dramatic. I think a number of weeks ago, both you and I were utterly convinced that they were doomed. I still think they will go down. However, you know, all of a sudden there's hope and, you know, it's quite... I think the bottom six, you know, maybe even one or two teams above that could yet be sucked in to that playoff area. You know, they're all looking over their shoulders. I think Hamilton's particular cause for concern... I think their stats, going back to say September, are not great.
1: Yeah, two wins in 22 or something along
0: those lines. Horrendous. Absolutely horrendous. You know, there's been a lot of focus in command on Dundee United. And I think maybe other teams have kind of gone under the radar and have been f- dropping. Every week they've been dropping. Big concerns for a few teams.
1: Big Yogi exudes positivity. Always, you know, likes to look in the uh, he's a glass half full, man. They've got two home games. Hamilton at home in the league. On Saturday, Hibs at home in a Scottish Cup quarter-final replay on a Wednesday. Two wins, and suddenly it looks as if it's going to be a very nice season again. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass.
0: and Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. In for Kelly Fizzle. I mean, he's sneaking up in the tumble and pulling his shots down. I mean, unless John's careful, he'll get caught with his pants down as well. He has to get results. And he has to stop injuring his own players as well. That's <laughs> generally not a good idea, Roger. You know. But I, feel, I
1: feel right-handed. He laid on uh, Liam Polworth accidentally
0: or not? Deary, deary me. I mean, there's a lot of people think he's a buffoon, John Hughes, and and that he didn't help himself there. But in fairness, I think that just shows you the kind of exuberance that he has and what it meant to him that goal. Uh, his old club, hips You know, the league, the way it is just now. I mean, all of a sudden, two wins, huge change. Two defeats. Pff, you're certainly right there. It makes the league more fascinating for the likes of ourselves. You touched
1: on Hamilton's miserable run of results in the league. Martin Canning, probably for the first time on Saturday when they lost the derby at home to Motherwell, the fans began to turn on him.
0: Does that surprise you? No. I think the nature of supporters these days, it doesn't matter the club, it doesn't matter the what the realism should be. I think supporters are just so quick to turn. I mean, I'm getting dogs abuse on Twitter last night for daring to suggest that an unconvincing narrow win for Celtic on Saturday would would encourage Aberdeen to feel even more vulnerable. The Celtic fans are saying, well, you know, a win's a win's a win. Well, is an unconvincing narrow win, you know, in the last eight or nine games going to keep dialer in a job, is it going to keep the Celtic fans off his back? No No, it's not Hamilton, I think just being in the top flight is an achievement for Hamilton, so no it it doesn't surprise me the way the Hackish fans have turned
1: Now if fans complain about Martin Canning, you can almost see they're getting to the end of their tether because of this rare result, when fans hire a plane and fly over Tynecastle and complain about (laughs) Robbie Nielsen, when he's had three wins in a week, three clean sheets nine points, they're the length of Princess Street away from the fourth place team, Derek. It's quite incredible. And now hearts go to Dundee at the weekend. You you wouldn't rule out them going at Denz and winning.
0: It's just extraordinary. I mean, absolutely extraordinary. I mean, I'm told that the, the, the suggestion is that the fans involved with this banner on Saturday, a number of them were those that have been banned by Anne Budge for recent activities in and about Tyncastle. It's just utterly irrational. Without logic whatsoever to do that, and and if that's what they're doing when Hearts, are, you know, are achieving what they are at the minute, you know, God only knows what they're going to resort to when Hearts go in a slump.
1: Dundee, you now I've seen them a couple of times lately. I've been reasonably impressed with them. I fancied them maybe to get a replay against Rangers in the cup last week, but but the scale of that Dundee defeat, how is that going to impact on their league form? How did they bounce back from suffering such a hammering at the hands of Rangers?
0: I mean, I think this is where the, the management team of Paul Hartley and Jerry McCabe are kind of put to the test again. I mean, I, I think I saw a quote from Hartley in the build-up to the Rangers game saying that he'd never seen his players look so confident. As you say, it was a doing. Does that then send them the other way, in the other extreme? With no surprise if it had an immediate impact on Dundee. You know?
1: Early in the season, I thought Dundee and Hearts would be the two teams who would push Celtic and Aberdeen closest, you know, probably third and fourth. Hearts, so it looks as if I nailed on for third place. E- even until last week, I thought Dundee would probably make a decent push to get above St. Johnson and Ross County and maybe get fourth place, Terry. Is that all going to unravel off the back of last weekend?
0: I don't think so. I mean, there might be a there might be a, a kind of immediate reaction. I mean, you know, maybe to start the game, Dundee will be a bit more apprehensive and Saturday are a bit less kind of striding because of what happened at Ibrox. But I think Hartley's a capable manager, and I think Jeremy Cabe's a wily assistant. I think they have good players, particularly from an attacking point of view. It could well be that a goal on Saturday for them that might just spark them again. You know yourself, Roger, in football. Sometimes it can't, you know, it doesn't really need much to spark a team again. It might be a right good tackle, it might be a goal. I think Dundee, attacking-wise, are particularly good and I think they'll still remain top six contenders.
1: Like Sunsport and Facebook for all the Scottish football latest. <laughs> Premiership weekend, as you know, starts on Friday night at Firth Park. Motherwell against Dundee United live on the telly there are two teams coming into this game in a wee bit of form Muller yeah. Mul- are now pushing the top six when they look the relegation candidates a moment ago and United is, as you touched on earlier have had a real bounce a couple of big wins in Dingwall one in the league one in the cup it's not that long ago they were putting five past Marnock, Mixu manager of the month Paul Payton player of the month uh,
0: It's Crisis, be,
1: what crisis? Exactly but it's going to be a big fight for the points in
0: fact They're two kind of flaky teams aren't they Roger I mean you, you know if if, if you know, as you say, Motherwell, suddenly, you know, they're producing a bit of form. But then if they lost 4 0 on Friday night, it wouldn't surprise me. They just, you know, the the very unpredictable. Dundee United have got a bit of momentum. It's a tasty game. And that's that's the one good thing I think about our league at the moment. There are so many teams with things to play for. You know, there are very few meaningless games at the moment because the league can turn so quickly. That's what makes it fascinating. We can talk about the quality all we want, but there's an unpredictable nature about the league. And certainly a, a Dundee United win on Friday night really does pile the pressure on Kilmarnock going to Aberdeen Saturday.
1: I, I can never remember a team eight points adrift at the bottom of any league having such a feel-good factor about them.
0: Incredible. Yeah, and getting, as you say, manager and player of the month awards. Yeah. Quite uh, extraordinary. It's interesting that ever since Stephen Thompson's meltdown... He got r- chairman of the month. The <laughs> rant of the season. And there's been a few this season, so that, that that shows you how good his rant was. Since then, United have, have, uh, have picked up. Maybe other chairmen are going to take a, a leaf out of his book and think, well, if it's worked for him, we might try the same, you know.
1: Something's worked for Mark McGee, without doubt. I mean, they're up, I think, they're seventh in the league. There's only a couple of points off fifth place. Is it ludicrous to think that they could... Do you sneak into that top six before this one?
0: No, I don't I don't I don't think it is. They have a tight squad as well. If they can keep everyone fit and I appreciate that's a big if. No, of course they can. I mean I think I think McGee's a capable manager and I also think his sidekick. Steven Robinson is a very capable coach. No, I don't I don't I don't think that's unrealistic at all. Also on Friday night
1: championship football, Rangers against Morton. It's been a big week for Morton, Celtic Park on Sunday in the Cup, Ibrox in the league on, on, on the Friday night. How do Rangers keep up the standards they set against Indy and Saturday?
0: I mean, on the face of it, it looks straightforward for me for Mark Warburton. I mean, his team are absolutely flying. they really it shouldn't need much from either him or David Weir to keep it going. They, I couldn't imagine there's particularly lengthy team talks at the moment. You know, they're, they're more or less got a settled team. Going back to the the, the the point we were discussing earlier regarding Celtic, the contrast with them, I think a settled team with Rangers. I think you can see the benefits of it. They're flying. I just can't see Morton stopping them, and I've got a lot of time for Morton. I've seen a lot. You know, I've seen them about four times this season. I think they're a terrific side, but I just think Rangers are sweeping all before them, and I think that will carry on in Friday.
1: And with Hibbs having a couple of cup ties, current League Cup final, Scottish Cup replay, I think Rangers played two league games before Hibbs are involved in the Championship again. They could be twenty points clear, Denny.
0: Oh, absolutely you know absolutely I mean Rangers are just they're, they're looking unstoppable now the one thing Wharton will be desperate to do is to maintain that momentum going into the Celtic game if he can manage that then you know I, I, I think it gives them a particularly good chance against Celtic you're right you know Hibs have, Hibs have got other things to worry about at the minute but Rangers are going like a steam train
1: clearly many a good signing made by Rangers this season people have talked at length about Waghorn before he was injured Tavernier Halliday and Holt in the middle of the park I have to confess, when I first clapped eyes on Harry Forrester, I was far from convinced, but three goals in the last three games speaks volumes for him.
0: Forrester's doing, his talking on the pitch, Roger, and I, I agree with you. When the news emerged of the Forrester signing, I have to say I was totally underwhelmed, and the cynic in me immediately thought he'll play five or six games, he'll end up, I mean, I think he's in, at the moment he's only signed to the end of the That's season. That's right, yeah. And instinctively I thought he will leave Ibrooks quietly at the end of the season, and nobody will really particularly notice it. To his great credit, he is fast establishing himself, and he's not exactly scoring tap-ins at the moment.
1: He's doing very well, and he was particularly valuable last week when Rangers had Michael O'Halloran and Billy King cup-tied. Thought it was probably done enough now to worry O'Halloran and King as to how they're going to get back in. That is,
0: that is exactly, you know we often hear managers talking about competition competition for places and it, it can become seriously dull at times you know and but that you know that is proper evidence of what competition can do would you leave forrester out the minute king or Halloran become available again that's a big decision for me make forrester i think clearly has that in his mind as well and he is posing he is posing his manager a big problem we're
1: talking about rangers Pulling away from Hibs. If Falkirk were to win at Dumbarton in the TV game on Saturday tea time, Derek, they'd move five points clear of Hibs, albeit having played a couple of games more. Is that going to be a source of concern for Alan Stubbs?
0: I think it has to be. I mean, I, I, I think I'm a big admirer of Alan Stubbs. I like the way he's gone about his, his job. I like the way he talks, even if he's on a huge wind up at times. However, he has been given so much scope with signings. It's it's incredible. Uh, you know, uh, Are there many clubs in British football that have made as many signings as Hibs this season? Mm, Celtic. <laughs> uh, yeah, good point. But y- y- Celtic are still top of their league. Yep. Hibs are not. Yep. And Hibs are Hibs are behind by a distance. And if I'm on the Hibs board, I'm expecting to be a, more of a title threat than they are just now. And certainly second should be nailed on. But now Falkirk. Fabulous job Peter Houston's done this season. Falkirk are putting them under pressure, man.
1: You did an excellent interview in a Scottish run with Peter Houston last Saturday. After that, I went to the Falkirk Galway game. I, w- I was hugely impressed with him, particularly you know the lads like Blair Austin, Craig Sybil. They did very well. Peter Houston, fancies this?
0: And he's every right to. You know, a, a massive respect for Peter Houston what he's done this season. And by and large, you know they don't get the profile. They, you know. Uh, you know, I think the Scottish Sun has probably given Falkirk better coverage than most papers this season and quite rightly they deserve it, Falkirk just like going about their business and how well they are doing it right now, you know they've got a lot of good players as you mentioned Roger and I'm a big fan of Volks as well, I think Volks has got a, a bigger move in them
1: Get it, that's great, enjoy your weekend football, enjoy the League Cup final and with my tip Ross County, beat your tip Hibs I know you'll be making the tea in Monday morning thanks very much,
0: cheers Roger